sort of mentioned it there, and I, thought, I was thinking about this earlier in the week. You know, 30-year-olds, 30-year-olds don't remember the Battle of the Bluegrass series. And I was thinking about, like, who we were going to have. And that is just crazy. If you're 25, 30 years old, you weren't even old enough to hardly have memories of the Battle of the Bluegrass series. And racing has changed so much throughout the years. But I definitely think that it's something, like you said, I mean, with the right – if the right things fall in place, the right people, I definitely think you, you'd be the, if there's anyone out there, you'd be the right man for the job. I'd love to, I'd love to see a return. It's exciting just for me to think about. Well, I do know. Times are, yeah. And uh, we went when we had bow the bluegrass and of course we added the stars, which we, uh, Spencer had talked to Carl short, Carl short and Arizona sports Church, Gerald and they own the rights to the name stars. Okay, and they own the rights to the Stars Battle of the Bluegrass, as you see on your logo there on your screen, uh, presented by Arizona Sports Church. And I asked Gerald Newton about that. He said, yeah, they still own the – and that's no problem. It's just, you know, you you know, you got to – you just got to – the way things are anymore, I don't know if you, you go incorporated or LLC or what you do or, or whatever to, to make sure, you know, things are okay. But, uh, you know, that would be pretty cool. I mean, everybody. I mean, everybody refers to it as the Bob series. You know, they return <laughs> yeah. as the Bob series is what I said. Uh, it, it was as Brian said right there. I mean, it's a great show every night. I mean, but that was, and we know we know times have changed. Twenty years ago, and, and two or three thousand went in, going to cut it. Uh, then, like I said, then we started the modifieds, and that was pretty successful. And, and then, like I said, things just went. You know. Went from there and, and ended all ended in 09. So uh, it depends on who the people you have in place. That's why I've always surrounded myself with people and that, you know, that, that I can depend on and whatever. That's why when I ran a racetrack, and in a day is even worse if you try to get somebody to be a flagman or a score. Of course, you know, we got transporters now, but we had scores back in the day and mm-hmm. I did my own announcing, but, but that's okay. But you have to get pitch stewards, you have to get tech people, and people don't want to work every weekend. I mean, old school people like all of us, that's no problem. We could go seven days a week back in the day. But people nowadays, as we we have seen, uh, quite honestly, since COVID, I mean, when they were getting the unemployment and all that and $600 a week, and then, you know, that went away. And people just don't – it's just a shame. Uh, There's plenty of jobs out there available. But, uh, you know, we get resumes – we get resume requests all the time at – you know, at Lucas Oil, I know Rick Swally does, and, and and it's hard to people come in, and he wants people to come in, you know, and we have 56 races this year, you know. Yeah. And Battle of the Bluegrass, what did we, 20, 22 races maybe or whatever, and yeah. uh, to get people to commit to do, it's very difficult that, you know, I'm at an age of my sales job that I'm, you know, that I can get out and do things, and, you know, when I worked for my ex-father-in-law, that was <laughs> That was kind of tough to take off and go, and and my ex-wife she hated racing, <laughs> you know. So that one, I don't even know why I married her, but I married her because I had a job there, and I. You and Wes like a, have something in common. Yeah, I just found yeah. it. My ex-wife hated racing too. But, oh, but she my, hated because I'd always have, <laughs> I'd always have drivers or promoters that would call me, and she hated it when I talked on the phone. This is for cell phones, you know. This would be in the nineties. Oh my gosh, she would just go, you know, and she hated it. She went to one race in our, I think we was married 19 years. She went to one race. 
she just hated it with a passion. But I wanted to keep my job in sales because I was making pretty good money from my father-in-law. And then we got divorced. I don't know when it was, oh, six or whatever. And so then I was still working for him. My ex-father, I was still working for him for a couple more years. And then I left them and went on to somebody else because they retired and closed their business. So I've, I've got the freedom I can go with the company I'm with now is, is, you know, I can get the freedom to go and travel and, and all that and still get my work done on my laptop and all that. So, uh, but, but that's a, that's a word of advice to everybody. Don't marry somebody don't like racing or you're going to, it's going to, you're going to be, it's, you're going to be, uh, uh, not happy. Do we have some more questions there? Do we have some more comments? I was seeing a few of them there. We, uh, we did have a few. I was, I was putting some up on the screen. Um, one person asked, looks like Jason asked, how many tracks that had Bob races are now closed? Well, we went over that a little bit, didn't we? The Bardstown and the Glasgow and 201 is closed right now. Uh, what, what, uh, Josh Thunder Ridge, yeah, Thunder, scenic, yeah, Tennessee scenic. Motor Speedway, Soggy Bottom, didn't they go under some other name? Yeah, I think that's, uh, what is that, West? now? It's, um, uh, oh, scenic. Windy no, no, uh, Soggy Bottom hollow. down there. I think it's like Kentucky. Windy Hollow Speedway. I think it we is. We never went to Windy Hollow. We we never went to Central Park, Central City. Uh, of course, you said Half Mountain is closed. Uh, Thunder Mountain, Carter County. Oh, it's Cedar Ridge now. Okay, thank you, yes. Mr. Jackson. Yes. 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 So. If you got any other questions, just... Yeah, if you got some Ask questions, uh, fire them I think we covered too. a lot of things. Maybe there's a name I forgot. I don't know. I think we got it. <laughs> Amy Raglan, thank you. Remember the tornado that came through at Glasgow? We took shelter in the trailer. Yes. Yes. I loved Glasgow and uh, working with Michael Despain and, 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 and all that. And uh, we had a heck of a, a Bob race. Well, it was an NARA race, a Shannon Babb one, and that was that was a Kentucky Classic, I think, is what that turned into. But yeah, now it's just sad to see, you know, that they knew eventually that it was probably going to close with the uh, the, the scrapyard and all that. And you know, it's like I hate to see like I eighty out in Nebraska go away, and if East Bay mm -hmm. does go away after next year, it's going to be really sad and. Uh, it, why is it guys always the good tracks? You know, am I right? I mean, oh yeah, you're, asked me, you're I told exactly somebody that. Right. Why is it always the good tracks that go away? You know, why isn't these tracks that are whatever? You know, what I'm saying. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Why isn't any? Exactly. Um, and there's yeah. some of those that happen too, but I don't know. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, Barron County Speedway. If you if you talk about you know on our on our on dirt racing in the bluegrass, if you talk about Barron County Speedway, people have the greatest stories of that track. Bluegrass Speedway was the same. I mean, you talked about people complained about the racing surface there, but it was always packed, always a good field of drivers. Those those tracks seem to be the ones that don't. don't that was make. a good facility. It had plenty yeah. of parking for spectators. Obviously, it held a couple of dirt track world championship races, plenty of grandstand seating. Yeah, uh, Mason. Yeah, da, 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 da. yeah, that, that, I'm sure that happened. <laughs> That might have been the dirt. I don't know if that was a dirt track world championship race. We had to have it on a Sunday. Uh, then we had one year oil gate for all of those. Remember the uh, race there? We had oil gate at the dirt track. Yeah. 
I remember going to the driver's meeting and Spence, uh, Carl Short was in it. Of course, he owns the rights to the Dirt Track World Championship. And I remember David Fairway, Michael, Michael Chilton. That's right. Michael Chilton started as a teenager. Uh, his mom and dad owned a car. Yes, that that is exactly right. He did run Battle of the Bluegrass. Michael Chilton did. Uh, Ed Bain. Uh of course, Jeff Herod, who when him and his brother owned car, 77, Jeff Herod, uh, Jeff Coulter. Jeff Coulter was another one there from Harrodsburg that ran with us quite a bit. Uh, but Jason getting back Keltner. to that oil gate, Jason Keltner. After, of course, Justin Ratliff later on got his start there. Uh, but, yeah, the oil gate was – there was a driver's meeting before the feature, and they wanted David to work, David Ferrer to work on the track, and he didn't – he did not do that. So they said, okay, so they go out and they got these quarts of oil and they dump it on the racetrack, three or four of them do. And uh, because it was going to add, they thought it was going to add traction, which it probably would have. I don't know. (laughs) Well, we take the green and Mike Marler starts on the front row and Mike Marler hauls it up in the one and it hits the wall and is out of the race. And so it's like, this is, this is kind of ridiculous, but um I don't, the three or four drivers I could probably name them, but I'm not. You know, that's just a long time ago. But I won't rehash yeah. that. But I think most people's there know who they were. But you know, they were. You know, it's just what is just a bad deal all the way around, especially for Mikey and, um, you know. So, uh, you know, but Bartstown is a, was a very nice facility. I mean, I remember when it first opened. I mean, the track was smaller back then, and uh, then they made then they made it bigger and. You know, you'd have a really good race there, and then you have not so good a race, and you know that's just that's part of it. Uh, well, I remember when David anywhere. Well, when David yeah. Farrell took it over, uh, they had a they had a, they'd always have a hole in turn one for whatever reason. Water would accumulate there and all that, and it would be rough. And he couldn't. He they figured it out. Well, they dug it up. There was a tire. There was a tire down below the surface. I'm not sure if it was a car tire or a tractor tire. There was something buried underneath the surface. So when it would get, it would get a hole in there or, or accumulate water and we get water there, then it would just, so he, he took it out. He took that tire out. He dug it out. So um, yeah, that was a great story. He told me, but yeah, I mean, everything, the, the concession stands, the restrooms, the, the, the whole thing was a very nice facility. Well, of course, Aaron Hatton, we've talked about Aaron Hatton and, uh, he, uh, yeah. And, uh, him and his dad, I mean, they, they, I think Jesse lay, Jesse lay started as being one of them. He had, he had raced at the most races for a long time. And then, uh, Aaron hadn't come along and he won a championship. And like I said, you had Johnny Wheeler and Tyrell Todd and Richard and Doug Smith and you, you got the neat brothers. And, uh, you know, it just, just a great list. And, uh, that's where Eddie Carrier Jr. made his – I mean, you know, he had been running modified up until – you know, he started running late mile there in the late 90s, but he really became known for winning the Battle of Bluegrass title. And, uh-huh. yeah. uh, you know, well, and then, of course, then Mike Marler, which uh, Mike Marler was a uh, – he really mainly ran like Lake Cumberland or maybe Ponderosa. And then he branches out and became – I mean, he's a, really a national star now, obviously. So, uh it was just, uh, but like I said, you know, you'd have a Don O'Neill and you might Jewel won a championship and you'd have Daryl Anigan and those people drop in 
that was Jackie Boggs would, would come down and run. And uh, this was after Jack had died and it was gone. And uh, I'm sure he would have ran several of them if he'd been still, still around, still racing, but uh, just a, just a, just a cool thing. Yeah, Wes mentioned Victor Lee. Have we have we said his name much? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, every time we all know that. Every time that I introduce <laughs> Victor Lee, whether it's at Eldora, whatever, four time, you know, and four time, right? right? It's four time. Three time. Three time. Yep, it's three time. Now the yeah. bluegrass, and he and I still talk about that. Yeah, Victor Lee. He uh, he drove for Kenneth Harlow. I believe he did drive for Kenneth Harlow some, but and Bobby Carrier Jr., who owned Richmond. Yeah. Yes. Aaron had, yes, <laughs> yes, 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 it did happen. Aaron hadn't climbed on top of Earl Pearson Jr. Was at Ponderosa one night, the battle of the bluegrass. Cause I think we had an, uh, Lucas oil and NAR race the next night somewhere. I'm not sure if it was at Portsmouth or where it was, but he had dropped in for a visit and he got talked into running there. And then Aaron had, <laughs> yeah, that is a true story. <laughs> Yeah, I was there. That, that is a true story that. that did happen. <laughs> Dustin Linville, that was towards the very ran, beginning of his of his late model career. He started in races. modifieds, did he not? Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep, you're right. About that was that. kind of at the yeah. Like 2009, uh, I think he won, he ran a few Battle of the Bluegrass late model races, but like I said, that was right at the beginning of his late model career. So, um, you know, like I said, Toward the very beginning for of his career for Dustin Lim. But who could forget the Neat Brothers? Those were that was were always good times, and uh, those guys were big supporters of ours. And you know, and uh, they're not racing anymore, unfortunately. So you know, you, you get older, you get married, you have kids. You, it, it just things change, don't they? My colleague was another one. He sort My of colleague, yes, Lake, Kentucky, man, he was right? tough. He was he was tough. Number twenty four. Yep. 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 Good guy, and uh, all of them were good guys. You mentioned him earlier, but Richard Smith, I remember him well. 27J, <laughs> wasn't that right? Is that, is that what he drove? Was it 27J? Am I right? Well, he that? drove for Harlan Baker up in Indiana, and uh, uh, he, he did drive the 27J. And uh, that, that, guy, that guy was interesting sometimes. He was, man. He was he was a fireball. I'll tell you. I remember very well. Um, yeah, for sure. Well, I mentioned, you know, mentioned David Webb there at the end. And of course, Whitney McCreary, when he, you know, drove the 5M car, he was he was always he was around with us and uh and all that. But the, always the late Cumberland races were something else and and uh Harold Hardgrove and and we had a good old time there. <laughs> we had a yeah. good old time there. Let's just say oh, that yeah. much. Yeah. Uh, that guy is just the, uh, that guy was a heck of a good guy and he, he didn't take no gruff and he dish it out to him no matter who it was, <laughs> yeah. whether it's a series director or me or whoever it was, the drivers. And, you know, I, I, I can't repeat some of the things that were said on, on this <laughs> podcast, but you know, I'm just saying that, yeah, he was, he was one of a kind, that's for sure. And I remember well, man, he was, you're not kidding. Uh, Joey Daniel. Joey Daniel, yeah. Chris Combs, Brian Barber. Right. Michael England. Yeah, yeah, Michael England. Eric yeah, Hale Michael England. And then he started running, well, at that time when he started running Lucas Oil as well. And then uh, his dad passed away down here uh, several years ago when we were at East Bay one night on, a, I think, Sunday night on a practice night. He passed away. 
and uh, Michael ran for a little while, and then after that, he got he got into a modified. He's been in a modified recently, but uh, they got rid of all their late model stuff. But I miss that guy uh, racing, good guy, and uh, like I said, all of them good guys. I mean, you yeah. know, uh, but um, it was just a time that that'll never happen again. We'll we'll never be able to replicate it. You know, yeah. to say the least, and uh, you can you can say that in anything. I mean, it's like the world one hundred. The world one hundred will never get two hundred twenty five yeah. cars, two hundred forty cars again. That's probably never going to happen again. But um, they always talk about the good old days, and, and we and we have really good racing now. Uh, back then, obviously, the local racing, the regular Saturday and Friday night races were excellent at a lot of tracks, and you just don't see that anymore. Uh, people just people just got out of the habit of going, mm-hmm. and as the as the uh, population gets the race fans get older, then if it's going to be forty degrees or fifty degrees, they don't want to go sit in that, and they can sit home and watch streaming, you know. And I get all that, and then I'm part of it, and I know what's going on, you know, what people are thinking, and these promoters are like, you know, that's why they, you know, they want their piece of the pie. Let's just say that much, and and I get it. You know, and because uh, you didn't have to deal with that 15, 20, 30 years ago, obviously, didn't have to deal with any of that. But I do wish there was some old videos of the days, the Battle Bluegrass days, of a lot of the races. But all we have, like I said, I've got a ton of photos right from the beginning. And uh, I'll have to find, I got a boxes and boxes of that stuff, put them in plastic crates to preserve them. But. <laughs> Uh, I, I would love to see those if you if you ever get a chance to to send us some because like I said I mean, used, there's just not a lot out there. I used to have, remember that Kodak had this real thin. Well, I don't know what the, what do they call it a real thin camera, and it had the film. It had the uh-huh. the film in. You put the film in. You go to Kmart or Kmart or whatever and develop them, and that's how I took pictures back then. Yeah, which they had a flash, but it was real narrow thin. You know, I'm yeah. not saying it's like a fire stick shape, but it's it's real, <laughs> real. It's just if you see it, I can't think of what they called it. But yeah, uh, I had one for years, and now you can't even get any. You can't get any film. I don't. I assume Amazon may have something, but you can't. Uh, <laughs> it's not like you can take a negative to Walmart and Kodak 110, maybe Jason. I think, and that's right. <laughs> everybody's helping me out here with that, but that's good stuff. But yeah, I, yeah, I'd have to do that and kind of catalog all that. And, uh, is it, I got some pretty good pictures. I wasn't bad. I mean, I didn't take any extra shots cause obviously I was announcing, but I got pictures in the pits of all the cars and drivers and, and all that. And it was a, a fun saver camera. I don't know if it was that or not. I think those were like, dis- weren't those disposable? I think they were. I think that wasn't those. I think those were the ones that would print the picture out right, like right then. Is that what? Well, I that's thinking? a Polaroid. Is he talking about a Polaroid? It wasn't. A, I, I have taken pictures with a Polaroid back in the seventies. You know, you guys don't remember a Polaroid camera. I don't remember. A Polaroid you put the you put the, you put like the film in. You, you, it's like a it's like a viewfinder. Okay, it's about the shape of a yeah. viewfinder. You see those, and you take the picture, and it would come out, and you you tear it off, you tear the, take it off and you'd shake it to let it, to let it dry. (laughs) 
that was, it was that wet. Was it, you let it dry, the and then it would I develop. Remember those. I was born yeah. in '85. I remember those cameras. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you had to you had to flip after the picture. Was you nice had like a cartridge. Fly. It was a cartridge with a with photos with a with picture, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And you put them in there and put them in in the slot there, and you take a picture and it it come out, yeah. and you take it and you shake it, shake it, shake it, and you let, and then there you go. Yeah, I remember. I remember those. Usually my is black and white when I started doing that, but uh, all my Bob pictures, I'm not that old. I mean, they're all color, so I'm good. <laughs> well, I'm good, good on long, that. As long as they're in color, that's that's all we care about. We, we just want to see some color and some pictures <laughs> because, like I said, you you can't find them, and I know a lot of people on here would enjoy enjoy that as well. One question I, know, I, I Chris had. Elliott, Chris had, Chris had put out some checkered flag sh- winter circle shots and all that. Yeah. Uh, and I know he probably has some too, but I've got, I don't know how many victory lane shots I got, but I got pictures of everybody. I mean, it, you run across drivers that you'd forgot about probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, this has been a while, but, oh, but yeah. I, I know I've got a ton of them and I'll try to get that out and try to get them on Facebook or something or get them to you guys and you can help me with them. But, yeah, that'd be awesome. I don't have to go get nothing developed. I, th- I, <laughs> yeah. I don't have negatives anymore. I used to have negative. I used to have like a boatload of negatives, and it's like can't go nowhere to get them done. Really, I don't. There's a special place that does that. I don't know. Donnie Gum, yes, Donnie Gum and Scott Douglas. Yeah, remember them at Richmond all the time. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, I raced with Donnie Gum in a yep. in a Mustang. So yeah, I remember Donnie Gum well. Scott Douglas from Richmond, I remember him. Man, he was eighty seven, and his dad, Richmond. his dad Ike, raced for years. And yeah. of course, we you know it's just, it's just a shame that we didn't have. It was just coming along too late. Guys like Fats Coffee and Butterball Wooldridge and uh, people like that uh, that that were just. Just the top of the line in Kentucky. I mean, if you think of Kentucky dirt lay model royalty is Butterball Wooldridge and Fats Coffee and oh, you know awesome. people like that. Finn Watson, absolutely Finn Watson, Big Daddy Paul Feistretcher. Uh, but uh, you know, it's just Jeff Watson. He ran with us some, obviously uh-huh. Finn's son and uh, E.M. Snowden, who was so good at Richmond. Uh, he was outstanding. But this all came after them, you know, and it's in and. Like I said, Taylor County would have been perfect for the Battle of Bluegrass. We'd probably gone there two or three times a year to race. Uh, oh, the fan base, so. the fan base there was outstanding. You had a lot of drivers. You, you know, you had you had Finn Watson, you had Johnny Wheeler, you had Danny Hatcher, you had Tim Tungett, you had people like that. Uh, that that we would have packed it out because you'd had you'd have the John Gills, Delane Browning. That's a good one there. Yeah. It is. Uh, he used to drive the 155. Then he drove with us with Larry Ants, 57 car. And uh, Randy Boggs did run some with us. Um, I think he drove his own, the 17 car that he had. Uh, he didn't run a whole lot with us. I'm sure he ran with us when we went to Thunder Ridge in like maybe 201, you know, and, and probably Carter County. Yeah, Jeff Bland. It was right. Jeff Bland. You know, like Jeff Bland, Jeff Napper were not. You know, those guys were. Uh, Jordan Bland. When did he? When he was in the mid two thousands, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, he, he come along he, he and Jeff and Jeff and Jordan. Yeah. And uh, Justin Ratliff and um, 
Jason Keltner, those guys raced um, a lot together that that time frame. Yeah, yeah, I remember Jordan toward the end of the of the Bob series and and with so, with some of those younger guys and and he was he was pretty good back in the Wes, day too. What, what what about what about uh, Steve Cornelius? Can't forget about him, the Berea Bullet from Berea, Kentucky, number two car, ran a Richmond all the time. He ran a lot of Battle of the Bluegrass races. In fact, he won a race at Volusia County one year. Did uh, Steve Cornelius. Oh, I didn't realize that. I actually yeah, had Steve Cornelius. Yes, he, okay. he, that's a guy there that ran with us quite a bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Fats Coffee, Finn Watson, Butterball. That, that, man, if, we, if we'd started this thing in the 70s, holy cow. Can you imagine that? No, I can't imagine. Can you it. imagine that, that? What would have been going on then? Yeah, Shannon Thornsberry, Thornsberry Raymond Nichols, yeah. Benny Fellner, they were always at 201 uh, racing with us, as I mentioned. Uh, well, yeah, Jim Curry would drop in. Absolutely. You know, you'd have Jim Curry, Don O'Neill, John. David Spear, no, that was past his – he was not racing at that point. He had already retired. Jeff Coulter, Armin – well, Armin – back in the day, Armin Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Craig Hansford and Royce McGowan, of course, they were always at at Lake Cumberland running with us. One year. Royce McGowan was uh, Battle of the Bluegrass Rookie of the Year. I forget what year it was, but uh, Danny yeah. McLaughlin, of course, that owns uh, Cameron Marler's car now. Don, well, Don, well, back at the Don Cox, this was all before Battle of the Bluegrass is after these guys. But you're right, just the great names in Kentucky uh, over the years. Uh, yeah, Ned Lucas, but uh, they they a lot of them were retired and out of it by then. Uh, Finn Watson was at, I I know there was an in, an incident at Bardstown one night with Finn Watson and Dan Schleeper. <laughs> Who would ever thought that would be an incident? But that was an incident there, and yeah, obviously Mike Jewell, you know, coming down from Indiana to run. Of course, he owned the Butterball. I yeah. guess I think it's eight times yeah, he's won yeah. that race. Nine, you know, nine times. Yeah. Nine times. Yeah. You know, 15, yeah. it could be 16. If I ever thought about writing a book, uh, well, I don't know. I'd get with Dave Argerbright on that. He would, he's, by the way, the Jimmy Owens has a new book. Uh, Jimmy Owens ran a, some Battle of the Bluegrass races when he first started. And uh, yeah. I think he ran Modified as well when, yeah. he, when, yeah, he, he, when he was doing that. But yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe I'd have to get, but Jimmy Owens has a new book for those out there that want to, I guess, go to DaveArgabright.com. I'll give him a plug tonight, but. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. Yeah, I saw that just uh, just the other day. Uh, Jason Dalton, you had to bring that up, didn't you? Yeah, there was a night at Bardstown. Uh, this was, uh, yeah, poor Lanigan, God rest his soul, Daryl's dad, and uh, he didn't, there was something happened on the track. It was at O'Neill and Daryl Lanigan. Yeah. And, uh, he was standing in turn four, you know, how Bardstown was, there was like a walkway there from the pits and he had a cane, he had a walking cane. And he like threw it over the fence, threw it over the fence during the race. And, uh, so we had to throw the caution and next thing we knew, uh, Porter came to the press box. Okay. Well, he didn't have his cane with him, but he come in and at Bardstown was it had two press boxes there together. The right side was where the announcers, where we were Spanky and, and all that. And then on the left side was all the scores and all that. Well, he comes in on the left side 
And he's beating on the door and all that. He's wanting in and he didn't get in because they knew he was coming up there. So they didn't want to open the door. Well, he decided he was going to open the door himself and he didn't know uh, he didn't open the door. He knocked it in. <laughs> you know, they say to kick in the door. Yeah. And he did that. And I don't know. And I remember David Farrell telling him, you don't come back until you pay for that door. <laughs> yeah. But it all started yeah. when he threw a cane over the fence. Over the fence in turn four, boy. I mean, you're tall. It's not. It, it's pretty tall. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, catch fence. Right. Threw it over there. We had to throw a caution. There's cane on the track. That's just outstanding. You know, he comes up there and then he's just banging on the door and they wasn't and they knew they wasn't gonna let him in. Cause you let him in and they just you know, he just kicked it. He just kicked the darn thing off the you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, Brian so asked much- him. He was flagging for us. He remembers he had to throw the yellow for it. Now this is before we had race receivers and yeah, we had radios and all that. And I, I can imagine. <laughs> what would the drivers be thinking? Hey, the guys, watch out. There's a cane laying in turn. Well, four. thank goodness. It was a wood cane, wooden cane because you know, it wasn't going to, yeah. you know, wasn't going to do much damage, but it's still an annoyance. But uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was interesting. Yeah. We had one night at Bardstown, and uh, Timmy Yeager, something happened to him in qualifying. I don't know what it was. Brian might be able to tell me. Brian Axon might be able to tell me because he was flagging. And his brother, I think it was Travis, come up there. The Spencer was up there and come on his side. He was just carrying on. He come up that walkway up to the stands, up to the, the press box next to me. And he's just yelling and cussing and screaming at Spencer and called him everything but whatever. And and Spencer told him to get out of there and all that. But that guy, oh man, I don't know. But yeah, that was that was something else. The Jaeger <laughs> I, brothers, like I said, that was uh, that was always a uh, high quality entertainment. Sometimes I no remember doubt. them from even later on, like. Uh, 2010s more so i remember the jaegers more but uh, well you had great johnson great johnson to come down from india he drove the night the the danny ray preston car for a while brian asbury kind of i remember on yeah he 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 did he was i don't think he was racing at that point he might have been but like that i got you jamie trimble yeah that we had fun at 201 didn't we what a fun place. I mean, 201 yeah. Speedway, we talked about it before, but unique track there, sort of just surrounded by – Good, you know, good stuff the there. The The sad part is, obviously, they're not running. They may run again. Who knows? But uh, the last time I was there and announced a race is that's where Josh McGuire – it was not a Bob race, obviously, I don't believe. No, it was the mm. end of the year. And that's yeah. when he got hurt. Yeah. And uh, that's when he had the neck injury, and he went – uh, flipping in it, I'll never forget it. The track had so much moisture in it; it was so tacky. Mm. And he went into one, and he started flipping, and he flipped, and uh, it. He got out of the car. Okay, he got out of the car, and then he just like sat down. So I'm thinking he's all right. I just had the wind knocked out. Well, come to find out, then he went. He went to the doctor. I think Monday, maybe or that weekend or whatever. It was on a Saturday night. It was like late in the year. It was last race for a lot of us. It was not a sanctioned race. And they invited me down to announce and such. And uh, I thought he was okay. You know, everybody thought he was okay. He gets out, he's sitting down. He's just, well, find out that he, he suffered, you know, uh, vertebrae fractures in his neck. And um, 
they they he had to wear a neck collar, neck brace for I don't know how long, and they told him that uh, he's lucky. First off, he was lucky to survive the accident because it was it was violent to say the least. And this was yeah. before. I'm not even sure if we had the head and neck restraint at that point um, that everybody was running, but I don't think they were very popular at that time. If they if they were around, yeah, they that were. was that would have been. It's been a while now, but um, they told him that he's. He's lucky to be alive, first off. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just be honest about it. That's what – and then to find out that he could have been paralyzed um, very easily as well. So they told him, and that was that was it. He, you know, he had had hopes of possibly doing it again, but it never happened again. And, uh, you know, when you got a family and, and – a wife and all that, and you got to be looking out for yourself. And I know he, he misses it. And he's, I'm sure he, if he could hop into a car today, he would do, he would do it. There's no question about it, but um, it's, it's sort of like what Scott James is going through with his back, back surgery in October. And uh, he's going to set out this year. He still got all of his equipment set out this year and then go from there and talk to his doctors and his family and see what happens early next year. If he, he, he said, if he comes back, great. If he doesn't, that's he's fine with that too. That's just what he has said. So he's he's raced a long time. I mean, yeah, you know, he, uh, yeah. he's raced a long time and done very well. And second in Lucas Oil Points one year, second in the Dream. Always supported us at Northern All Stars and Battle of the Bluegrass. And uh, if he comes, I, and I'm greedy. I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm not, I'm like with Billy Moyer. I don't want to ever see that guy retire. I've said it before, yeah. and I know he's yeah. retired. Uh, you know, Tom Brady's trying to catch him in retirement announcements, but. Uh, I, I hope that guy never retires. Just keep on yeah. racing. If you enjoy doing it, and now the Billy's driving for somebody else, like Tim Lance, then just keep on doing it as long yeah. as you enjoy it. I don't. And he's sixty-five years old. He can race. I mean, Red Farmer's ninety. Delmas yeah. Conley would have been racing last year if he didn't pass away. He would. He would have yep. been eighty last year, so he'd still be racing and competitive. You know. So, um, Scotty Earl. Yeah, there is a story for you. One night at uh, yeah, Steve Barnett, obviously. Uh, one night at Bardstown, uh, Scotty Earl was there. And uh, the only guy I've ever known, I think, to get kicked out after hot laps or something, or after qualifying or something. Okay. <laughs> so they asked him to leave. And so he's, they said the car can race, but he has to leave. For those that know Scotty Earl. Uh -huh. And of course, his dad, Robert Earl, I mean, he, he was. I mean, it tracks like Richmond and such. He was tough, very yeah. tough. He owns Tyler Carpenter's car. Somebody sent me a message. But, but as far as Scotty Earl, he got kicked out of Bardstown one night. And uh, Earl plus Singer. So you the, the know Earl plus Singer ran Brownstown and ran Bardstown a lot and Florence. And he's still running a modified. Well, he was there, I think, on a modified. So Scotty puts him in the car. He had to leave. Okay, he had to go back to Louisville, where he lives. Put Earl Plus Singer in the car, and he won the race. He won the late mall feature. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. but it's good to see Robert Earl back, and and it's like when he came. Yeah. Well, they they brought that car to Richmond, as you know, Wes. Last year, we tried the carpenter driving forty four car, yeah. and then he ran it over. Almost made uh, the World One Hundred last year, if I recall. Yeah. In the forty four car, and and Dustin, I love that Robert Earl racing out of Louisville, Kentucky, and. Uh, and I asked Tyler Carpenter at Eldora, I said, how did you, 
is that the Robert Earl? He goes, well, he goes, I don't know. I guess it is. <laughs> I said, well, how did you get this right? He said, the guy just came, the kryptonite, they ordered it. I don't know, through Freddie. I had and no Tyler. idea who he was. They had no idea who this guy was. <laughs> and this guy awesome. is a Kentucky legend. I mean, this guy, yeah. he used to hold a track record at Brownstown. He's won there. He'd run uh, Campbellsville. He run uh, Richmond a lot. He won a lot at Richmond. And it's like they had no idea this guy was, Ty, especially Tyler. Yeah. Now, Freddie, I don't know if he did or not. I go, yeah. You told the Robert Earl. He goes, Yeah, I get. And he had all these sponsors on there there from like Louisville and Bardstown. So yeah. I knew exactly who it was. And uh-huh. he almost made the world 100 with the car. And it's like, and I think Tyler even said, I've never even met the man. Really? And he owns the car. <laughs> and the more, the more Tyler drove, the better he got. So, I mean, right. And I yeah. talked to Scotty Earl. They was at the Jackson 100. Scotty Earl was at the Jackson 100. Robert, well, I didn't see Robert. They didn't have a car there, and he was going through the pits. And I said, what's the deal with about this kryptonite that your dad owns? He goes, my mom didn't know anything about it. When Robert placed the order for it, she didn't know nothing about it that he had bought this car. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we're at Eldora, or they're at Richmond. You know, that yeah. was on flow, I think. Yep. Yeah, I, I was at. I was She's at asking her husband, "When did you get a car?" Oh, I just, you know, you know how it is. <laughs> My gosh, that's awesome. That's an awesome story. That right is there. an awesome story. Yes. When did you get a car? Maybe, maybe my wife will have the same uh, the same question when I get mine. So, uh, with well, the I'm, I'm order, sure, of course, as well. I'm sure I don't know who writes the checks in that family, but it's like, (laughs) Robert, when did you, when did you do this? You didn't tell me that you bought a car. (laughs) That is outstanding. Yeah, it is outstanding. That's the the opposite of you and Wes. She she must not mind. uh, (laughs) But I'm telling you, well, this is even before you, I mean, I remember Robert. I mean, he, he did Kentucky racing news or me. I mean, that guy won all the time in Richmond. You had him yeah. and E.M. Snowden and them guys like that. They'd won all – they won a ton of races there, you know. And, and uh, this was before – well, Robert Earl ran for a long time. He used to have a Chevelle that was just louder than can be, and it was just awesome. And uh, then he got in a Rayburn and other things, and, and you know, he, he'd been around a long time. And then Scotty started racing, and – you know, uh, yeah, Sarah. Do you guys know Sarah? I guess I'm busted. I think it's, already. it's I just an no, awesome story. No, race but Scotty. Story yeah, those are my two Scotty Earl stories. Is Scotty Earl's mom? You know, his mom doesn't know that his dad bought a race car, and then he gets kicked out of Bardstown, and Earl Plus Singer drives his car and wins a race in a late yeah. mall. Yeah, yeah. This happened John to be Earl Wheeler. was there running a modified. Yeah. Yeah, Johnny Wheeler drove for Scotty Earl uh, later he on. Did. The, he did. He did. The bluegrass. The, he the did. S44, S44. He sure did. Well. Uh, of course, we all remember Johnny mainly in Larry Ance's car. You know, Delane yeah. Browning, as, as you mentioned, drove it uh, before that. Scott James. Scott James drove it one night at this Carter County. What did you say that was? Thunder Mountain? Yeah, it was Thunder Mountain. Yeah. But it was called, I always call, called it Carter County. Well, for some reason, I think Johnny couldn't be there, or so I don't know what exactly was going on there. But so Larry Yance 
the car owner, then he brings in Scott James. Okay. So Scott James is running it. And back then we could run Hoosiers and American Racer. Could run both, okay? Because they were both the sponsor of the Battle of the Bluegrass series. Again, I don't know anything about the money wise. All I know is what I did at Brownstown with Hoosier <laughs> But anyway, so who's your tire? See, Scott James had a tire deal with Who's Your Tire. Well, they found out that he was running American Racers on that 57 car, which Larry, Larry was, I think Larry might have been an American Racer dealer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was for several yeah. years. So it's like, yeah. well, who's your call wind to that? So they're on the phone with Scott James. Like Scott told me, I think the next day or Monday. And they said, um, Scott, we love you, but probably better not do that again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're giving, you know, we're, we're selling you tires. And I don't know whatever discount they was getting. I, they, I don't know. I don't think they get as good a deal as they used to. But uh, they told him just quite honestly, quite frank, you know, probably just a good idea not to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, I yeah, make makes sense with the with the conversation. I know a lot of those guys still are, but there was sort of a you had the American racers uh, because you had these local dealers and things around here. I think even Victor Lee ran American racers there. Oh, the most of, of the guys that ran the Bob series uh, ran American racer. I mean, there's no and and it was legal and they, they could do. Tony Rose come down from Indiana. He was with American racer. And of course you'd have the Hoosier tar guys. And, and that, and that was, you know, I didn't bother me none. The racing was great and you know, whatever they could have run Michelin's. I didn't care, <laughs> but you know, uh, you know, but that's, that's, there's always a, it's just like engine builders. Like I've said for years and, and I've had, I had somebody tell me this once and it's true is if you're an engine and, and all of them do a great job, whether it's Jack Cornette or Vic or Clements or pro power, you just go to, of course, back in the, that day, it was AMS, AMS racing engines. Elizabethtown did a lot of Elizabethtown, Kentucky did a lot of motors for guys mm-hmm. uh, in late models and modifieds. But I had a guy tell me once said in victory, you know, all the engine builders want credit when they win. Right. Am I right? They want credit yeah. when they win. But if they oh, blow yeah. up, they don't want me saying <laughs> that it blows up because they don't want you to even talk about who built the engine. So, see, yeah. they they try to have their cake and eat it, too, and they don't, you know, I don't try to, you know, because when something happens to a motor, I don't know all if it blew the if it blew the bottom out of it or cracked the block or, you know, whatever happened to it. I mean, I you know, I don't. You know, but but that's the way engine builders are. I you know, and I can understand that because if they win, they want to make sure you tell you tell give them all the credit. Right. Yeah. And if something happens, they don't want a word mentioned, and I you know that's that's just the way it is. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I I can see that for sure. It's, uh, it's just says- like in the chassis, just like in the chassis deal. You know, back in the day, it was all Rayburn and Masters built. I mean, that's all mm-hmm. there basically was. You had Bullet. You had. Uh, Larry Shaw, you had Tucker cars, American made back in the day. And then you come, you know, and now you don't, you know, you don't, y'all, you got rocket and Longhorn and Longhorn is doing pretty good. And uh, yeah. Bobby Walter Jr., former rookie of the year. Yeah. Absolutely. Kid Rock. Yes. He yeah, used to listen dad. to the headphones, his headphones. He listened to music while he raced. He couldn't do that today because of the race receivers. That's just too bad. <laughs> 
we that reminds me of something. You talk about race receivers, and however long that's been going, we had a race. It was probably a Lucas Oil race, okay? And this was at Duck River. You guys know where Duck River there in Wheel, Tennessee, oh, south yeah, of Nashville. Well, we had a guy named David Gentry, who's a well-known driver in yeah. Western Tennessee. Very, very won a lot of races, and uh, they they were telling him on the receiver to get in line. He wouldn't get in line if we had a caution. Okay, <laughs> couldn't figure out what was going on. What's wrong with this guy? Is his receiver dead? So they stop him on the track to find out to change batteries or whatever. Why wasn't he listening? Well, he didn't even have the receiver in because he said, I've got hearing aids and I can't use a receiver. <laughs> oh, gosh. True story hey. again. I mean, it's just, we could go all night with this thing. But I'm just telling you, we've already gone two hours, haven't we? Holy oh, cow. But anyway, have, he, he yeah. said he had his hearing aids in. He didn't wear receivers because he didn't want to take his hearing aids out. Because if he took his hearing aids out, then he couldn't hear what you're saying on the receiver. So I guess that makes sense. I guess that makes sense. There's that, was David that makes sense. That's that's definitely the one. James, I think there's probably you mentioned the time, and I just have to look down and see the same thing myself. I think we're at an hour and fifty-one minutes, which is awesome. I don't think there's another topic. Well, one, we we have you on here, but besides that, there's not another topic we could discuss other than the Battle of the Bluegrass series. Race fans just loved it. And, and we love to talk about it and think about it and, and just the memories that we all have about this series. Don't and forget so C.J. Rayburn. C.J. Yeah. Rayburn was an integral part of this, and he's a Definitely. Kentucky native. He was born yes. and raised in Kentucky. Yeah, he lived most of his life in Whiteland, Indiana. But that guy there is, mm -hmm. without that guy, I'm, I tell people this all the time, and I was close to him, we would not be where we're at today in late model racing without C.J. Rayburn. We would not be. I, mean, I don't yeah. even. We'd probably still be running fifty-seven Chevys or <laughs> Chevelles or Camaros. I don't know. But without that guy, I mean, he's like I say, always says on the Mount Rushmore of dirt lane auto racing is Earl Baldus, C.J. Rayburn, Billy Moyer, and Scott Bloomquist. So you just take it from there, and that's probably going to be that way for another 20, 30 years. Who knows? Maybe forever. But C.J. Rayburn. I mean, he was he he helped us out quite a bit with the Battle of the Bluegrass series, and and he'd help us get cars, and he sold a lot of cars, and then, uh, you know, it just all just um, man, I, I just the early two thousands, it just kind of changed, you know. Like I said, it was basically Masters Built and Rayburn. I mean, when I'm at Brownstown, and we're halfway between both of them. I mean, that's all mm -hmm. there was. And then yeah. that went on through the 90s even. And then Rocket comes along and, you know, you hear about them and, you know, the Schwartz cars later on uh, with Audi Schwartz. But, I mean, yeah. Rayburn and Mastersville, I mean, they set the standard. And uh, CJ, Keith and Tater and all that. And I know, I know Tater, Keith, Keith's out of it now. But uh, Tater, they're still trying. And then they've got some good stuff out there. And hopefully they'll get back and uh, – but but CJ, man, I could I could just talk about it. we could do a whole show on that for like a whole week. But uh, that guy meant so much to me uh, when I was getting started, and when I was promoting Brownstown and Northern All Stars, Battle of the Bluegrass, whatever. And uh, there's always some great CJ stories. But uh, that we always got along, and 
Uh, I remember Brownstown when he when I was there, and he he won the points the first year. I think I promoted, and uh, <coughs> excuse me, and uh, those guys complaining about his car, and he's complaining about his car. They said he's had his engine set back too far and all that. So basically, he was running UMP rules. So it was up to UMP to check that out. You know, check the check the engine setback, and uh, <laughs> this guy. Uh, he can he, uh, he can adjust that at any time. It's like he ain't going to adjust it when he's out there racing. But I I don't know. You know I'm just he could probably come to the pits and do some things. But I don't know. He can move the motor plate. He can do whatever. Blah 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 blah. And and I heard about that and I just called UMP when I said, hey, you know, you just just check it out. Just you know, go from there and uh, do that. So uh, <laughs> it was always just. Uh, something else. And then CJ was just a great supporter of myself and all, all the racing series and uh, that was going on. And, and him and Bob Memory, UMP, they tangled several times, especially Eldora. Uh, they, I think there's the story, you know, the one time in Earl and, and that CJ was going to go to get a, they wasn't going to let him run. His car was too wide or whatever. And he was saying they wasn't checking them all the same that they was picking on him. And, you know, probably was, who knows, and he said, well, you just checked the car in front of me and you let it go and it's wider than mine. And you're not, you're telling me I got to fix this and do this and bring in the doors or lowered or whatever it was back then. And, and, and I remember that I think he showed up with a lawyer once and it, he was go, he wasn't necessarily mad at Earl, but I think he's more mad at Mimmer and uh, all that stuff that went down and uh, he eventually raced that, um, you know, Jeff, have we got any Jeff Gullets? Well, there's that's still developing because he's still <laughs> he's still working with Don Wilson. So that that is, a, big that is a, that is that is the original big sexy. Oh, man, Jeff Gullet and, and all those guys, uh, man. Uh, you, you know, of course, Tongat was on the crew. Uh, you know, they had well, Jason Jameson drove for a while. Now they got Dalton Wilson driving for James Ratliff and. Uh, just a, just a really good racer, and then Jeff's Jeff's got some young guys that are going to be on the road all the time. He's kind of cutting back a little bit, going to be at home a little bit more. But you know, I'm sure he'll still be on the phone. But I get a kick out of list, talking to Jeff because his grandkids and they listen to all the broadcast and they get a chuckle whenever I mention his name. You know, and yeah, Papa, you know they're talking about you and all this, and and we always try. You know, Dustin and I always, you know, and when I do it by myself, we just try to be positive. I mean. You know, we're for everybody. I mean, it, it don't matter who it is. I mean, it could be, you know, a guy running 12th in a B main and, you know, you're still talking about people and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, that's, you know, that's what it's all about. And that's the way I've always been is they talk about the guy running the bomber, street stock modified or whatever, and you give them their due as well. So, yeah. You know. I think we covered about everybody's name. I forget, I for, forget if I forgot, forgive somebody if I forgot it. We covered a bunch, I tell you. There's there there's so many as you go through the list of, you know, throughout the years and some good names for sure. Some that I'd forgotten. So it's good to good to hear those and comments and see those be brought up. James, let me ask you, why do you think the Battle of the Bluegrass, why did it go away? I mean, what 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 was the result or what was the cause of that? What well I wasn't there at the end. Obviously, I was doing Lucas Oil and, and all that and and I don't know, just circumstances that I don't know. I, if you're going to do this, do as a series or, or run a racetrack, you got to be 100% committed to do it. If, and, <laughs> excuse me. And uh, I just think 
that it was taken and, and you know, uh, just people, I'm not saying people got greedy or people got arrogant or whatever with it. And, uh, but like I said, times change. You had tracks closing, you had drivers that weren't racing anymore, but, uh, I don't know. It's like anything else. I mean, it's like Northern all-stars as well. I mean, the way it ended and, you know, you just shut down and two months into a year and all that, no explanation really. And, you know, you blame the economy, you blame, of course, 2009, that was, you know, what, what in 08 and 09, you had the great, you know, the, not the stock market crash, but what, what happened? It was whatever the economy went. Yeah. There's a lot of things that happened back then as far as dollar wise and sure, you know, and then they still weren't, I mean, they were paying, you know, still probably two or 3000. They might've been running some four, fours and fives, but, but mm-hmm. it's just like anything else. I mean, you got to, you got to be committed. And when you got somebody that's not committed to it, then it just, it, it, it always saddens me. It just saddens me on this stuff, especially Northern All-Stars and Battle of the Bluegrass, the way uh, things ended. And, and I wasn't around at the end of either one of them. So uh, yeah. I'm not taking any credit for anything. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that when I left, uh, I know Spanky did a great job. I mean, I, I but, but when I left and, and both of them that, uh, I don't know. I, I hate talking about, but they were never the same. I mean, I'm just, I'm just being honest about it. And, uh, you know, I don't know. It, it doesn't mean that I care any more than anybody else, but I mean, I'm, I'm right there. I mean, I got, you know, my reputations. I mean, like, just like I said, when I go and announce every race, I always give a hundred percent because I, there's always people there in the grandstand or watching them streaming. They've never heard me announce. Yeah. You know, if that's, if I've done it for a long time, but with streaming being so new, Mm-hmm. And you got a lot of new race fans out there that have never heard you announce. And, and it's like, I always give a hundred percent effort no matter what, because whether there's 10 cars or 110 cars, I've always done it the same way. And yeah. I always will continue to the same way. And if I don't do it that same way, then I'll just do whatever. But I mean, you know, I don't plan to ever retire. I just, I look at what happened to Rick Eshelman last year and that, and that's always weighed on me the last three or four months that you mm-hmm. think about things. And it's like, you know, I've, I've given my life to all this. And, uh, I mean, he was a lifer as well, as far as doing this. And, and I get fans all over the place to come up and, and I appreciate each and every one of them. And I thank them for coming and, and they thank me and, and all this other, and we just continue to do a good job. And, and as long as Lucas oil will have me, that's what I'll be doing. And, um, I just appreciate everything they've done Forrest and Charlotte Lucas and, and Rick and everybody. And, uh, but yeah, it, it, it just kind of breaks my heart about the Northern, about the bluegrass, especially, you know, just getting, getting both of those going and seeing where they ended up at, uh, nothing's forever, you know, and, uh, yeah. it'll never be the same, but, you know, it, you just never know, I guess, you know, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, you know, I, like I said, when I, make a post about something. I mean, people always talk about it. And I always get a lot of private messages and, uh, people support. And I, and I do appreciate that. And, and, uh, you know, I want to give back to, to the racers and to the fans and to these racetracks. And, and that's what I try to do with Lucas oil. And, uh, you know, but I, but the regional guys, you know, the, the weekly is we, as we know, it's like I said earlier, the week, the weekly races are just, you know, you just, I mean, nobody wants to go. I mean, nobody wants to race. And uh, unless you're paying X amount of dollars, 
yeah. uh, and still where's tracks paying the Brownstown was the first track in the Midwest to pay a thousand a win. That was in 1980, 1980. Oh, and that's 43 years ago. And you see tracks around regular shows that are just a little bit above that. Yeah. yeah. And they just can't, you know, you can't, you can't do that. And that goes the same way for modifieds and as well. I mean, they've gotten to be kind of crazy on their stuff and, uh, you know that that I don't think there's as many as there used. Now there's B mods and a, you know and and all this other stuff. But um, you know, for a guy to go racing, like I said, the safety is the biggest thing to me because I've seen I've been I mean I still go to tracks to where they run other classes and take a look at some of this stuff and it's just kind of disturbing what goes on and there's no tech as far as safety is concerned. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, if it was my son or daughter that was racing, they would have the very best. Uh, equipment there was, and if I could, if I couldn't do that, then 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 they're not going to be racing. They wouldn't be racing. But I mean, how much is the price of your? I mean, your life. I mean, it's just. I mean, uh, that's just the way I feel about it. So, um, you know. But I appreciate all the promoters out there that that worked out to the past, and all the drivers, and and like I said, we I still talk to drivers all the time that that, that used to do this battle the bluegrass, and they they loved it, and uh, it was a great thing. And um, you know, like I said, with Spencer, he just got to be. It was just tough. You know, he like I said, he had a really good thing going, and then you know, it just just all went away for him. But uh, Clayton Turner, yeah, I know Bob Speed Weeks, yeah, that would be fun. But uh, you know. Who knows? Um, I just wish we still had Bardstown in Glasgow. That would be uh, make it a whole lot easier. Trust me. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you because if you have a Bob Speed Weeks for one, if you're talking about just Kentucky tracks, you'd you'd have a hard time. You could well, you, you could could, have you, you, yeah, you could do a Florence, mm-hmm. Bardstown, Richmond, Lake Cumberland. You can do stuff yeah. like that, Ponderosa. But without Bardstown, without Glasgow, I mean, you know, it's it's manageable. You could you could do a Florence, Richmond, Ponderosa, Lake Cumberland, you know, and uh, just you know, I, I just I just don't know. I don't know. I, it would be fun. It would be fun to try again. Um, 